0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Amen, we're in this uh, series called True Prayer, and it's from the Lord. He put it on my heart to go through the Lord's Prayer. And it's the most famous uh, probably a piece of Christian literature out there, the, you know, that you've seen it probably posted somewhere. If you grew up in church, you prayed it, I'm sure, Our Father are art in heaven. And last week we started with the beginning and I only got past the first two words, I did my best. Our Father, that's all I could talk about. There's so much to talk about there because this is actually a prayer paradigm. Say that with me, this is a prayer paradigm. It's not about just the individual words, the words actually unlock realms. It's actually a posture, it's a heart posture. It's a perspective we pray from. It's not just the language. And in fact, in Matthew six, when Jesus introduces this prayer, before he says it, he says, don't be like the world where they heap up empty phrases. Not that scripture, I saw your eyes go up, but before that scripture, hold on on that one. Now, the, before this, he says, don't be like the world. They heap up empty phrases, thinking their many words will make them heard." And I fear that we also in our Trying to apply even the Lord's Prayer are heaping up empty phrases because we don't know the depths of these words. I, I fear we, we are just saying, you know, our Father, right now. We sang it today, it's such a powerful song. I'm so glad they sang that. You know, but sometimes we just say it and it's empty if you just say it. So I, I want to go deeper into that. I want to know what is true prayer. I want to be a man of prayer. I want our house to be a house of prayer. That's what Jesus said his house would be. And so we need this. Say, we need this. Amen. Amen. So last week, we talked about our Father and how true prayer is relational. It's no solo intercessors. You know, it's not just one part of the body praying. It's the our Father mentality that we are to get alone in our room, but pray like we're not alone. That's our father. And when we pray with a family mindset, relational mindset, we are praying to a loving Papa, Daddy God, Abba, who we can approach. We don't beg. We beseech. You know, we, we are those who come to him knowing he is good. That is our father we're talking to. I love my, my pastor, Lynn Harper. Uh, he's a father to the region, really. And he, I quoted him last week. I'm going to do it again. He said, the minute I start begging, I have stopped praying. Because I am not praying anymore to my Father, I'm praying to somebody, someone else who I don't know to be good. Someone else, I have to beg for stuff. So, our Father, true prayer is relational. But today, I wanna jump into part two, and I wanna just, I could camp on this one for probably a month, so I'm gonna do my best. I got through everything in the last one, I will get through both. We're gonna do two words again today. (laughs) Two words, that's all I got, I can't, I don't know. But here's the bottom line, whole message right here. True prayer, starts with worship. True prayer is relational, for sure, but it begins with worship. It begins with worship. Let's read Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This is out of the Good News translation, because who doesn't like good news, you know? It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, may your holy name be honored. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us. Do not bring us to hard testing, but keep us safe from the evil one. True prayer begins with worship. Did you hear it? Did you notice it? This is what most of the time is read as, hallowed be thy name, right? So Matthew 6, 9, just the first verse in the New King James Version is probably the more familiar. It says, in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you're like me, you grew up in church, you said that for like probably 12 years before you knew what hallowed meant. It's like hallowed, hallowed, hallowed it be, you know, just repeating after thee, you know, it makes me sound spiritual e. And I, I just would say it, it was empty for me. Anyone else? It just was a word and I didn't know the depth of it. I didn't know what that meant. So we're going to talk about hallowed and we're going to talk about name. Those two words today, okay? This word hallowed is actually to make holy, to consecrate, or to sanctify. Now, to be clear, we are not making God holy. (laughs) We are not consecrating God. We're not sanctifying God, right? Like we're not in the verb form doing that to God when we say that. We are recognizing his holiness, recognizing his consecrated, sanctified other self, completely separate, entirely other And the HELPS Word Study is just a great resource. I recommend it. It This explains it a little further. It says, this word, it's hagios, holy. It means to regard as special. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, you are so special. That's what that means. You are so amazing, far beyond everything else I've ever seen. You are so special. You are holy. So true prayer starts with worshiping our heavenly father. Jesus actually didn't just tell the disciples to do this. He did it himself. I noticed something for the first time this week. I love that stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm studying for the message. I'm like, oh, and I'm like in my room alone gasping, you know, no one can hear me. So it's okay. I don't know. I do it. if I, I used to prepare at Starbucks. I was just having flashbacks just now, actually. I would prepare at Starbucks or some coffee shop before we had a facility, and we were setting up and tearing down. Anyone remember Letter Carriers Hall? Remember that? Feels like 30 years ago. No, it was three. Um, So anyway, I'd be out in public, and I'd be in my Bible, "Ah!" and like the people around me did not appreciate it. They're like, what is wrong with you? So now I do it alone in my room. When you pray, go alone. Lock the door. I don't know why I told you that. It's just funny for me, but I found something new. It was gasp-worthy for me still. I like being astounded. By the scriptures. I like being, whoa. I, that's like, I don't want to be like, mm, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, this is one of those. John 17, 1. This is the high priestly prayer, John 17. It says, When Jesus had spoken these words, that's to his disciples, he's talking to them, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, that the son may glorify you. That's worship. He's extolling God. He is God. Jesus is God. Amen. You did a little better than 9 a.m., but not enough. Jesus is God. Amen. Okay. That's the one time you can't give me a quiet amen. I need you to say amen. Jesus is God. That's the whole thing right there, you know? So he's saying, glorify your son himself. He's saying, bring glory to God. Father, glorify me because I am you. You're in me. I'm in you. I know. The Trinity. It's confusing. It's okay. But I want to point out that he was asking for glory to come upon God, he said, glory to God, right? First thing out of his lips, first he said, Father, family, relationship, then he said, glory be to your name, glory come to you. So his first place in prayer is extolling God's holiness. And the holiness of God should be the first thing off our lips in prayer as well. It should be the first thing off our lips, his holiness. Not our helplessness needs to be our starting point in prayer. Too much of the church starts with her helplessness and tries to climb that pit all the way to God's holiness. And prayer is a chore because we start from a helpless paradigm instead of a you are holy paradigm. We're not we're not applying this in many ways. I've done this a lot. Okay, not only was I like, oh, found something new. I was like, ooh, that's me. When I'm preparing, I'm preparing for me and you all get the overflow. So that's really what it is. But his holiness, not our helplessness, needs to be our starting point. If you start with your worries and your complaints and your concerns before you extol his holiness, you've missed the point of prayer. You missed it. But when you start with his holiness, you realize very quickly there's very little to worry about. When you start with how awesome God is, you start to remind yourself, I have very little to fear. I am actually not helpless. He's my ever-present help in time of need. You start to realize who he is when you extol his holiness. It's actually more for us that we would start in worship than it is for him. It's actually more for us to bring through our own remembrance who exactly we're talking to. But if we start helpless, woe is me. Oh, God, I don't have the money. I don't have the faith. I don't have the I, 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 I'm helpless. He's like, when you start praying, I'll start listening. You're not praying. You can bring your needs to the Lord. You can. (laughs) You can. Don't hear me wrong. There is a prayer paradigm here. There is a process, there's a divine protocol. Aren't you just glad that Jesus came straight out with it? Said, pray this way. Like, it's one of the rare times that Jesus comes straight out with it, all right? He's a very confusing dude. If you read the gospels, you're like, what is this guy saying? I don't even know. But the disciples are like, who is this guy? What did he say? I don't know, but our hearts burned. I don't know, you know? Like, that was their experience. But there are a few moments where he's like, hey, here you go, A, B, C. This is one of those moments. We got to apply this. Cannot start with your helplessness? You have to start with his holiness. And then you realize you actually are the furthest thing from helpless when you know the holy one. It's natural. It's a, it's a fruit of the prayer itself. Doesn't that sound better? Come on. All right. So I realize maybe you didn't, know, you didn't grow up in church or maybe, you know. Didn't grow up in a church like mine. Like my church growing up, we would actually, they would actually preach an entire chapter of the Bible minimum every Sunday. They would, line by line, at least one chapter. It was like a thing. They would preach all the way through a chapter, okay? So I got a lot of Bible growing up, all right? I'm thankful for that. I really am. But I realized that I have some, some tools in my tool belt the, the modern Christian doesn't always have, which is, no, I'm not being offensive. I'm just saying knowledge of the word of God will greatly help your prayer life especially in this way, because if you just don't, if you just say, you know, holy, you are holy, holy, hallowed be thy name, it can become empty. But when you have various expressions of it, when you have new language, when you have different ways, different seasons have different kinds of expressions of his holiness or worship, it's a lot better. I don't know how else to say it. So I'm going to give you kind of rapid fire a few uh, scriptures that I've internalized about his holiness about what the scriptures say about him, and I'm gonna show you how to take them into your prayer life and use them as weapons of worship, okay? As language to the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay, so the first one, Isaiah 6, verse one through three, gives a little context. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Stop. You can take what I just read and begin your prayer with worship. You can say, you know, our Father or... Father, thank you. You know, I'm part of your family. You can have that perspective. And then you can say, you are seated on a throne. You are high and lifted up. Even the, the, the last part of your robe is glorious enough to fill the entire temple. You fill all things. You can take this and say it. You can say, Lord, you are seated above all things. Go ahead and just try that. Try that right now. Close your eyes on live stream. Pray it. Say it to the Lord out loud. Lord, you're seated above it all. You're enthroned. You are high and lifted up. The train of your robe fills the temple. Now you're ready to bring your needs before the Lord. Now that you've recognized who you're talking to, you can actually make requests of him. But it's not until that moment that you're ready to bring your requests. Otherwise, we think it's like a genie in a bottle: like, all right, just gotta throw up another Hail Mary. I said it while laughing, no pun intended. If you're a Catholic background, I did not mean that as a joke, as a football term. Anyway, sorry. I am, I am only usually unintentionally offensive, so <laughs> usually. It goes on, it says, above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings with... Two, he covered his face, two, he covered his feet, and two, he flew. And one called to another, these angelic beings called to one another saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You can say, father, God, our father, you are holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of your glory. That's how you can begin a real prayer. Now you're praying. This is true prayer. True prayer begins with worship. It begins there. Did you notice it said in Isaiah he said the whole earth is full. We got this idea that the, the, the glory of the Lord is coming to the earth. No. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord is going to fill the earth. It's what the Bible says. The whole earth was full of his glory before Jesus came. In Isaiah. Or the angels were wrong. Or Isaiah missed it. You get to choose. <laughs> you choose. It's black and white for me. The whole earth has been full of his glory since the beginning. We've lost our awareness of that glory. Okay. That's not what I'm preaching on. Keep moving. Isaiah 43, 15. This is God. He says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. You can say, Lord Jesus, you're my holy one. Isn't that good? Like this is is weapons for your prayer life. Go ahead and just try it. Just say, Lord, you're my holy one. You're my holy one. You can say, our father, you're mine. You can, from the corporate perspective, also keep it personal. Amen? So good. You're my king. He says, I am your king. You're my king. Those are worship terms. Are you hearing this? Isaiah 57 15. He says, Thus says the Lord, who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Stop right there. You can pray, God, you inhabit eternity. Man, that's good stuff. And by the way, you can like look this verse up in like 10 different translations. It'll give you 10 different ways to pray that. It's awesome. I'm a translation junkie, all right? I'm like, give me 10 minimum. I just want to read them all, okay? Isn't that good? Just try it on. This is like activate right here. This is like an activate sermon right here, all right? This is getting you skilled. Say it. Say, Lord, you inhabit eternity. Man, there's fire on that. Like That is a great way to start your your prayer, (laughs) right? Come on, isn't this good? It's so good. Your name is holy. And then he says, I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. I said it last week. We gotta stop thinking reverence equates distance. Reverence does not mean I'm way down here, you're way up there. It means you are holy, you are other, and you are very near. He's high and lifted up and with the contrite and lowly. Isn't that amazing? You can make that your prayer. You can start with worship in these ways. Are you getting the point? internalize it put it on your lips make it your own Uh, a few more examples first samuel 2 2 this is the prayer of hannah samuel the prophet's mother she said there is none holy like the lord there is none beside you there is no rock like our god so you're gonna say there's none beside you there's no rock like you there's no foundation like you there's no safe place like you great way to pray Psalm 22, three, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of people. You sit on a throne of praises. The songs of your people make up your throne. You are high and lifted up upon the praises of your people. The sound of worship that comes from your body is where you sit. It makes the seat. You understand your worship is more than words. It's construction materials. Get me, man. Your worship is construction materials. He sits enthroned on it. Worship starts happening, and he gets to sit. He gets to rest. Come on. You're enthroned on the praises of your people. Great prayer. Psalm 99.5. Exalt the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy as he. These are just, you can can use this language. One more. Revelation 4.8. It says, and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings are full of eyes all around and within and one and day and night. They never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. By the way, that's how they say it. And I'm toning it down for you. They don't say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen. That's the picture of reverence the church has. I'm sorry. You're not going to like heaven very much if you think those are the rules. We're talking about myriads of angels going, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Watch your coffee this morning. I'm just trying to warm you up. My job is to get you wanting heaven. So I'm trying to show you what it is. Imagine that times a billion bajillion, whatever. And then you'll scratch the surface of it. True prayer requires a recognition of God's worth and holiness at the start. We got to recognize his worth and holiness at the start or else I wonder if we're even praying. He said, pray like this. I'm going to take him for his word. He is the word. You're like, those are just words. Well, God is a word. So I think it's important. Pray like this. I mean, how are you like I've. Feeling convicted as we go on. I'm like, I have missed this thing, man. Yeah. I'm with you, I'm like, I've missed it. My prayer life has been like, oh, maybe that's why it's been ineffective and not working. Because yeah. I've been in disobedience. Yeah. I'm not praying the way he told me to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Huh, that's just been my experience with this series. I don't know how you're doing, but I'm happy for it. I like conviction. I actually want it, yeah. Yeah, I want that. It's not just the act, it's the attitude of worship, right? Like I wish I could take Miriam and her keyboard around with me everywhere I go, and she could just play while I go throughout my life and I'm writing emails and I'm doing counseling sessions. I mean, as I'm leading my team, it would be so much easier with Miriam and her keyboard, all right? I don't have it, and I can't just obnoxiously play worship music while I'm talking to people. You know what I mean? Like theres It's not just the act, it's the attitude, it's the heart posture, right, towards God. So I just wanna quickly mention that worship, that heart posture actually requires revelation. Worship requires revelation. You have to know God to knowingly love God. You have to know God to knowingly worship God. Are you with me? Like, let everything that have breath praise the Lord, everything that has breath praise the Lord. Like, that's a, that's a call, it's not a description right? It's a prescription, not a description. Like the whole, everything that has breath is not praising the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we are supposed to steward these things by seeing the knowledge of God increase. And I just want to point out again quickly that even heaven is growing in its revelation of God. Did you notice in Isaiah six, those passages, they said, the angel said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. But in Revelation 4, thousands of years later, I don't know how long, a lot of time passed, John had a vision, saw heaven, and now they're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. There's somewhere between Isaiah and John, the book of Revelation, there was a revelation in heaven. It's not just that the whole earth is full of his glory. He's the one who was and is and is to come. They see a new side of his face every second as they worship him. Yeah. So if, my only point is if heaven is getting a deepening revelation of who God is, we should expect to continue on a path of revelation of who God is. And that's gonna increase your worship. If, you're, if your worship has grown stale in your heart, I promise you, your lack of re- you have a lack of revelation. The revelation is the problem. It's not the songs, it's not the worship leader, let me help you, it's not them, it's you. <laughs> I don't like this song. Oh, they're not, they don't, they sing for 45 minutes now. I just, you know, that's not enough, or that's too much, or it's too loud, or blah, blah, blah. Listen, it's not them, it's you. If your heart has grown cold in worship, it's a revelation issue. Because as soon as you see a new side of his face, boom, it's holy, holy, holy. It's an automatic response. One day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. One day, everybody's going to get the revelation. We're invited to it, into it day by day. Okay. I'll leave you alone now. That's the first word. Oh, I'm, I did it again. I only have 10 minutes left. Okay. Hallowed. Holy. All right. Here we go. The second half is going to be faster than the first half, so <laughs> deal. Holy be your name. Thank you. Name. That word name, Matthew 6, 9, New English translation. So pray this way. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. I love that. This word name in the Greek is name, authority, or cause. May your authority, may your cause be honored. We glorify your cause, Lord. Does that change it a little bit for you? Let me read out of Helps Word Study. This is a Bible dictionary. Uh, At the end, it sounds like I wrote it, which maybe is why I like it. I don't know, but I didn't. It's really cool. Written by a bunch of smart people, scholars. It says this word name is the manifestation or revelation of someone's character as distinguishing them from all others. Thus praying in the name of Christ means to pray as directed or authorized by him, bringing revelation that flows out of being in his presence. Praying in Jesus' name therefore is not a religious formula just to end your prayers, or to get what you want. That's the part I think I could have written right there. Like, that sounds like me. I'm like, who is this person? We need to be friends. Yes. <laughs> Praying in the name of Jesus is not a religious formula, just to end prayers or to get what we want. It's, it's realizing his character, who he is. All right. According to the Hebrew notion, a name is inseparable from the person it belongs to. So it's something of his essence. Therefore, in the case of God, it's especially sacred, meaning your name is not just something you're called. It's actually a call. It's actually who you are. Biblically speaking, when someone got a name, it was a character reference. It was, this is who I am. This is not just my title or what people call me. This is who I am. We've gone away from that culturally, but stepping into their culture, we got to understand that just saying in the name of Jesus is empty if you're treating it like a magic spell. (laughs) The name is the character, nature and authority of God. The nature, the character, the authority. So look at this, Proverbs 1810. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Check it out. If you just put the put the definition in there, the name of the Lord, the character of the Lord, the nature of the Lord, the authority of the Lord is a strong tower. His character is to protect. His nature is strong. Yeah. His authority is one who is able to hide me. He's one to, I can be, find refuge in. It says the righteous man runs into it and is safe. That's describing his name. Yeah. It's who he is. Yeah. It's not the phonetic sounds coming out of the mouth of human beings that make it his name. Yeah. Okay, like there's some real crazy stuff on like the Christian internet, you know there's the internet and then there's the Christian internet. I don't know if you know this. There's like <laughs> subsets of the internet. And on Christian web, okay, there is all this arguing about the name of God. I don't know if you know this. You might have encountered some of these people. Like there are there's a whole group of Christians saying that you can't say Jesus because that's not his name that's the western rendering of his name and all this stuff and the you know, etymological breakdown and da, da 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 and you're not actually praying to god if you're not saying yeshua ha 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 they have some really complicated it's actually yeshua it's like this yeah anyway i'm not going to try but they're like it's yeshua at least it's not jesus and i'm like it's not what's coming off my lips it's what's coming out of my heart I'm praying in the character of the Lord. I'm praying in the nature of the Lord, in the authority of the Lord. That's what the name means. It's not the sound. And let me help you, it's not three syllables either, like Jesus, that doesn't make it more spiritual. (laughs) You're laughing because you know. Second Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12, New Testament example says to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of the Lord Jesus, the character of the Lord Jesus, the nature of the Lord Jesus, the authority of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying in the name of Jesus is not a magic spell. You'd stick on the end of your prayer to make it work. It's praying in his character, his nature, his authority. So true prayer starts with saying or recognizing the character of God and how powerful he is, what he is like before we bring any of our needs to him. Is this making sense? Okay, so here's just a couple practical things. You cannot pray hateful things in the name of Jesus. Like, you could say hateful things and then slap the in the name of Jesus, you know, bumper sticker on it and call it prayer, but it's not. You can't pray for an entire people group to die or to be wiped out or an entire side of a war to be, you know, killed in the name of Jesus. How specific do I need to get this morning? I watch y'all on Facebook. I watch you. Praying for Russian soldiers to die can't be prayed in the name of Jesus. It can't. Because you're not praying in his character or his nature, and he will not authorize it. His authority isn't on that. If it's not redemptive for all, it's not God's plan at all. Just so you know, God has a higher plan. It's redemption for all. All sides. That's God's plan. Let's get into God's plan. The whole point is... You can't pray hateful things in the name of Jesus because God is love. 1 John 4, 8, love is his character, right? You cannot pray things outside of God's will in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the exact representation of God's being, his nature. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 tells us that. He's the exact representation of God. He is the expressed image of God on the earth. You wanna know what God is like? Jesus. God is like Jesus. Jesus is like God. Jesus is God. That's why I love the Bill Johnson quote, Jesus Christ is perfect theology. It's the culmination of all the types and shadows. All of it finds its substance in him. So, you wanna know what his nature is? The nature of God, whether you're praying it, would Jesus say it? Did he say it? How did he say it? Who'd he say it to? How often did he say it? What was the tone with which he said it? Yeah. Yeah, you know how it says each of you should be slow to speak, quick to listen. I think we think about that this way. I think we need to think about that this way. be slow to speak. Hold on. Who am I talking to? What are you like? Mm, I need to know that before I start praying for my desires. Hello? See how this is more for us than anything? I I don't know. It's good. Finally, you cannot pray that anyone would perish. I'm drilling into specifics here. You cannot pray that anyone would perish in the name of Jesus because God desires a none would perish. But all would come to repentance, That's 2 Peter 3, 9. So his authority is not to be used to violate his desires. We do that all the time. Just blink if you need to repent. It's okay. We'll, we'll all know. <laughs> Listen, we can't try and use the authority of his name to violate his desires. We got to get his desires first to have the authority of his name. True prayer starts by glorifying the name of Jesus, recognizing and worshiping him for who he is, not who we think him to be. Who he is. So here's like an extended translation of how far we've made it into this prayer. Are you ready? This is the new Caleb translation, the NCT here. (laughs) Yeah, I do that to bother people. (laughs) It could say, our father in heaven your character, nature and authority is absolutely perfect, pleasing and all powerful. I worship you. And Lord, I have this thing. Now I'm ready. Right? Now I'm in the right heart posture. Now I'm in the right mindset. I have this thing. Because you're all powerful. You're you're able. I know it it's going to you're going to help me here. Show me what's needed. You're a good father. Like it sets you up, man. It's a divine setup. It really is. So true prayer does not start with complaining. True prayer does not start by condemning others. True prayer does not start with asking for things outside of God's character. True prayer starts with worship of who he is. Our Father in heaven, may your holy name be honored. It's my prayer that those words would be rich for us, not just empty phrases. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.